Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent comments and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to another deep dive episode. I love to do these. Um, uh, I know, it's been a little while. I mean, we did a mini one, I suppose, for Shiny, but this was a full. This was a full, and I've been looking forward to doing this one for a really long time, and it's going to be great. But before we get into it, I just wanted to say thank you so much to all of the listeners who braved app store updates and login credentials <laughs> and other technical snafus to come see us on the Twitter spaces for our first KCON panelist um, appearance last week. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for braving Twitter spaces. Um, and thank you to, you know, all of our, all of the other panelists and our lovely moderator. I thought that it did. Uh, it all went very nicely, and I was I was a little nervous because I also am like not great at new apps, <laughs> <laughs> but it went fine. <laughs> yes, it went, and fine. it was it really was lovely to see all of your beautiful little your little yes, user seeing your names little avatars the at the bottom going one hundred one hundred. It was nice. <laughs> it was nice to see it. Um, yeah, so that was a good fun experience, and thanks for showing up, and hopefully. Next time we get in-person KCON, we get officially invited again because you all showed up and made us look good. So thank you. Yes. Thanks for always making us look so good. We have the best <laughs> listeners ever. Um, okay. So today's deep dive is an exciting one. We are going to look into the whole career of severely underrated, underpromoted, before their time just truly excellent SM girl group, FX. The one and only iconic, iconic, and iconically disrespected <laughs> FX. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you've never listened to one of our deep dive episodes before, um, we try to teach you everything we can about the group at hand in about 90 minutes. And we will go through everything you need to know about the group, all of the members, and then through the discography chronologically. And then we'll all watch a music video together at the end. But before we get started, we usually like to discuss like, what does this group mean to us personally? Because that may color our commentary. Like, sometimes we don't know anything about deep dive groups, and sometimes they're our favorite. So it's important to get that up up top, I think. Absolutely. We got to put some context for our own relationship with the group. Um, so you go ahead and start us off. I, yeah, I think that FX was definitely a huge part of my very, very early baby K-pop life. Like mm -hmm. when I made my first K-pop Tumblr, my head, my header said shiny, a pink 2 p.m. FX. That was my life. <laughs> those were the, yeah. those, that was the my K-pop. only four groups you had. <laughs> I like was, I had Girls' Generation songs I liked. Or I was in getting in the world, but like FX was such a huge part of it. And like all of their title tracks, I know literally every single word to burned in my brain forever. Like. 
so important. And I think if they had made more music, if they had had more than a single comeback in my whole time as a K-pop fan, I think that FX could have been like an ultimate group for me, but they just weren't. SM just did nothing with them. Yeah. And I mean, we, every once in a while, like we do get one of these deep dives or like a group on the random game or something. That's always a bit of a like K-pop tragic story. And Mm -hmm. this, this is like the first of the deep dives where we've cared about the group and the ending is kind of a bummer. So yeah, like this is, this was both an episode I was really looking forward to and also one that I kind of struggled in the research just because Mm -hmm. I was fucking bummed, man. Like FX was so good. Definitely ahead of their time when it comes to like the style and aesthetic of not only like their looks, but also the sound of their songs and the concepts of their albums. Um, And they were just like, ah, yeah, the SM never did anything with them, at least like never did any, never did nearly enough. And there are like a few different things that I will specifically point out, like, look how they didn't get this. Look how they didn't get this, (laughs) et cetera. But for me, FX, I wasn't that into their discography until like later in my K-pop life. I feel like I needed to expand my k-pop tastes before i could fully appreciate fx's music Uh i like always appreciated the fact that they had a very different and unique like girl group style um but some of their music like we've talked about before is strange and it is strange on purpose and Mm -hmm. so in that sense some of it i was like i think i'd have to this song would have to grow on me and eventually it all did and like when you go through the b-sides and listen to all the albums they're amazing but my main relationship was with Victoria because of We Got mm. Married. Because yeah. when we first got into K-pop, uh, you had sent me all of the Kuntoria season yep. of We Got Married. And I used it as a huge procrastination tool <laughs> in writing my thesis. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. So for me, it was like always about Mama Vic. She's mm-hmm. the Weibo account I miss the most. and I think about her all the time (laughs) yeah that's great that's a good in um cool well I'm excited to get into this today um but like we said bittersweet sadness ahead so bear with us because we're probably gonna dip from like this was the greatest thing ever to being like really sad a couple of times as this goes on yeah but ultimately we we both decided that a For the history, like, FX needs to be documented. And B, we needed to give them a tribute that they deserved. Because they never got what they deserved. So here's to FX. This one's for you. Cheers. All right. Well, let's get into it. So FX, which is stylized as a lowercase f, parentheses, X, but like the algebraic X, not like mm-hmm. the letter X, I close parentheses. Yes. Um, and they debuted on September 5th, 2009 under SM Entertainment, as previously ranted about, five-member girl group. Um, and the initial concept was that they were like five different girls with different vibes, and they were going to be a dance-focused group. Mm-hmm. And it was also in the initial debut and we'll point it out when it happens the most but they were literally supposed to be girl shiny 
Yes. And they, because five members, five members, they debuted a year apart. They like promoted together and they tried to cross them over as much as they could. Like Mm -hmm. they were a sister group to Shiny. Yeah. And that becomes very obvious in some of their comebacks for sure. Uh, Their fan color is Pearl Light Periwinkle, which I love. I always said Periwinkle was my favorite color in elementary school to be different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And their fans are called Me You, capital M, little E, uh, uppercase U. Yes, which is also sometimes stylized as this like other algebraic symbol of a U. Yes, because FX's name has like two technically two meanings Mm -hmm. one is the mathematical equation thing where like the x is algebra and f is like function so like all the members of fx and all the fans are that x and like you are what you put in the equation right that like the value of the value of the whole function will change depending on the value of the x so the members each bring a different x factor a different yeah. trait and so then the group can therefore like the the sum of their parts etc will be like different and varied because they have so many various traits yes and then the other one is that the f stands for flower and the X is the X chromosome, which is the female chromosome. Mm-hmm. So then it's like flower girl, which is like a twist on the popular flower boy concept. Yeah. Clever, actually. I kind of Yeah, like it. it is pretty clever. I like it. Uh, definitely probably the most SM put, SM, uh, the most thought <laughs> into anything about FX that SM put into it. But uh <clears throat> Whatever. Statistics up at the top. We always like to give the numbers to paint a nice little number picture of the groups. So over their career, uh, FX has a total of 27 awards, uh, four golden discs, two mamas, and five international awards with 58 nominations. They have 33 music show wins, four albums, all of which went to number one two EPs, 18 singles, and 23 music videos. Yay, not enough if you put that next to other SM groups that were around the same amount of years, but okay. (laughs) (sighs) They're really good, okay. So and you're gonna you're gonna agree with us by the end. By of the this. end of this, so I know that you let's will. get to know these beautiful women. I'm literally so excited for all the like newer fans that like don't that are gonna know FX after this episode, and I'm just excited for them. <laughs> um, so yes, our first now it's time to meet the members, and our first is our leader, Angelica's favorite, Mama Vic Victoria, the leader, main dancer, and visual of FX. She was born on February 2nd, 1987. Her birth name is Song Qian, and she was born in Qingdao, China. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said, we were calling her mom because she was very much the mom of FX. As you'll see from the birthdays going on, she was a lot older than them. So in a similar shiny situation, they gave a person in their 20s a handful of teenagers and was like, yeah, watch them. <laughs> But they also gave a foreign 20-year-old a handful of teenagers who didn't necessarily speak the same language that she did and said, good fucking luck. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, Victoria was cast at a Chinese dance competition when she was 20. So she was kind of a like late trainee, I guess, mm-hmm. compared to some of the other members. A competition which she won first place in. <laughs> of course she did. Because um, Victoria's like, you know, uh, star trait, her special talent is that she's incredibly flexible, like contortionist, acrobat, flexible. She is a spine made of rubber, no bones at all, and she's just like an incredible dancer. She started out doing like traditional Chinese dancing, um, so and then she also does like she does a lot of different kinds of styles. So she is like the dance ace of FX. Yes, um, this is the part where we usually try to describe the members if you're looking at a picture of them, and this is often hard for me to do. So I tried. <laughs> And I feel like Victoria has prominent eyebrows in a way that I couldn't, like, describe properly. But I was like, yes, her eyebrows are like a thing. They're very straight across. And then she has super cute puffy, like, under under eye puffies. Like, the bottom lid is, like, mm-hmm. so puffy. And she just has, like, a giant bright, just a giant bright smile. Yeah, she's stunning. She has these like big, perfect half moon eyes, and she has kind of a long, like oval. I wrote nose. long nose and couldn't yeah. decide. I was like, "Is her nose long, or am I am I just like, her looking nose is for not features? like overly long, but it is oh, it is kind of like oval and rounded, and the middle part is longer mm-hmm. than like the other parts." Of the nose. Whatever. It's a distinctive nose. Um, and she's currently like a fashionista superstar in China. She does all kinds of films, TV, variety. She is a very celebrated actress. She's on all kinds of like produce 101s and those kinds of things. Judges and MCs. Doing all the uh, yeah. mentor mentoring the young Chinese idol stuff. And she was recently named number 14 on the Forbes China Celebrity 100 list. Yeah. She has a mini pig. Yes, she does. That is very cute. She takes it everywhere. If you, and and Helika is locked out of her Weibo, which is, I guess, where Victoria posts the most, but she does have an Instagram and you can follow her at Victoria02 underscore O2. Next in line in FX is Amber, and Amber is our rapper. She was born September 18th, 1992. Her birth name is Lu Yi Yun, and she was born in Los Angeles, California. Um, Amber was, quote-unquote, the tomboy one. Like, that's mm-hmm. very easy. Just, like, Amber always got to have, like, a very masculine dress style, no matter the comeback. Always short hair. Usually in shorts. Yes, usually in shorts. Um, Her nickname is like Llama. That was like a big running thing. And she was cast at a SM Global audition in LA in 2008. Mm -hmm. Yes, she was the last of the FX members to be recruited. Um, And she's also part of the reason that they're called like they're always billed as a multinational group. Because not only is she from LA, but she's also Taiwanese American. She's not Korean. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, and Amber is, like, around a lot. I think one of her biggest, like, um, 
idle what is idle world's characteristics is that i feel like her and henry and eric nam are like the patron saints of all of the transplant idol kids and they like take care of them like all the idol kids who came from english-speaking countries are like amber taken under their henry like take care (laughs) of them Um, But yeah, she's like done lots of solo stuff recently, lives here in LA. Everybody I know has like seen her at Starbucks. I have still never seen Amber in public one of these days. (laughs) I think it'll be. Yeah, she was also the first, last last to be recruited, but first to go solo. Um, And I do think she is, aside from being like the tomboy one, which makes her stand out, I think that she has like a distinctive face. She Mm -hmm. is like a much more square face than the other girls. And those little like lip corners corners. are just always turned up. And currently she has like full sleeve tattoos. So that's also a very (laughs) easy characteristic. Yes. Um, so that's, oh, and if you want to follow Amber on Instagram, she's at A-J-O-L underscore llama. Next in line is Luna. Luna is the main vocal of FX, and she was born on August 12th, 1993. Her birth name is Park Sun Young, and she was born in Seoul. Um, Luna was scouted in 2006 when she appeared on a reality show that's called True that was called Truth Game, and it was essentially the same as this American um, game show from the 50s called To Tell the Truth, where they bring out like three people and they're like, one of these people is a farmer, and the other two people are not farmers, and then the celebrity panel gets to ask them questions to try to find mm. the real farmer. So I think Luna was probably on a like, she must have done some kind of talent on an episode of this truth game because that's what she got cast off of. Um, Yes, Luna is the tiny one with the big, big voice. She has all the most of the, pretty much all of the belty lines and all of the like epic songs. Yeah, she's the one ad-libbing in the bridge for sure. Um, she is so small. Mm-hmm. She is like the sh- she is the shortest member, even in heels. Um, always so tiny, and she has a really heart-shaped face. I yeah, think she is like is very so V-shaped. Yeah, very slim chin and very wide cheekbones and kind of like wider set apart eyes. Mm-hmm. So she is like a very very much a little like triangle face. She also, I noticed, is like tanner than all of them. Like, yes, she, she naturally is has like a darker them. skin tone. Um, but these days, Luna mostly does lots of musicals. Um, mm-hmm. She was also in the SM Oz musical that we saw Hell in yes. holographic 3D. Um, I think that I wonder if that was her first musical. But she did like Mamma Mia and stuff. Yeah, um, and you can follow Luna on Instagram at. Hermosa Vida Luna, H-E-R-M-O-S-A-V-I-D-A-L-U-N-A. Does that mean beautiful life moon? It does. Got it. Nice job. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's Luna. And yeah, Luna has been solo. She went solo second. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, she was the second member to go solo. We love her solo debut. Yes. Um, and she continues to do solo activities under uh, Humap content, Contents. Nice. All right. Next in line is Sully. And Sully is the face and sub-vocal of FX. 
Um, Sully was born March 29th, 1994. Her birth name's Che Jin Ri, and she was born in Yangsan, South Korea. Sully was cast by SM in 2005 when she was only 11 years old after she had appeared as the young version of the princess in a drama called The Ballad of Sodong. Um, and there is footage of her first day at SM in the I Am documentary, and she is the smallest smallest child and super junior with all of their hair it's like yay welcome to the company (laughs) it's crazy um but she continued to do child acting like kept acting all the way up until fx debuted so she wasn't like a shut away trainee she was like a child like a known Mm -hmm. child actress um sully big lips beautiful huge gerber baby lips Giant eye smile, half moon eyes. She has a freckle on the very tip of her nose. Tall. Tallest member. So tall. And usually given like a baby doll image. Like personally, I always, even literally when I was doing the research, I wrote them in the wrong order because I always forget that Sully's not the Machne Mm -hmm. because she was definitely given the like baby spice vibe. Of, of uh, I mean, think partially because she was the tallest that they didn't want to put her in heels, so they usually kept her in flats. But even so, like, they would give her, like, the pigtails or the side ponytail or their, like, longer yes. skirt or something to make her look much younger. Because she had, like you said, the she was a child actress and sort of this nation's little sister vibe um, was her image when she already debuted because she was already well-known. Yes, um sully left fx in august 2015 and we will get to that in the timeline and also a heads up if you were unaware sully passed away on october 14th 2019 and we will get to that as well when we get to it in the timeline um her instagram is still up if you want to look at it it's at jelly underscore jilly j-i-l-l-i um and then the actual machne of fx is crystal with a k um, she was the lead vocal and machne of FX, uh, born October 24th, 1994. So only like three months older than Sully. They yeah. were like, they were pretty much the same age. Um, and she was born Crystal Sue Jung in San Francisco, California. So the other American member of FX. Crystal was famously recruited while on vacation in Korea with her family and her famous sister, SNSD, former SNSD member and author Jessica Jung, um, while on vacation in 2000, which she was six years old in 2000. And I was like, yeah, wow. insane. <laughs> and, and her parents like did initially say like, no, she's way too young for that. And so it took like a while for the parents to come around to signing Crystal on. Um, but they did eventually. And she got to have, I think I read that her first thing was that she has a cameo in Shinwa's wedding March video. Ah, interesting. I also read and I'll, you know, eat, I'm eating my hat here because I read that Jessica and Crystal did live with their parents and did not live in the dorm. So I take it all back. Wow. I am sorry, Jessica, for calling that out in your book as a dumb plot line. I guess yeah, you we, guys were we weird. We talked a lot of shit about that. <laughs> and I guess that that was real. I'm for shocked. her. For only her, though. That's what I'm that. That was the point mm. I was trying to get across is that that is not clearly 
So I think the, the real question experience. is what strings were pulled? What nefarious schemes? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> but yeah, I just so sorry to Jessica. I guess you and your sister did get to live at home. Lucky you. Um, so Crystal. Crystal's the Machne. And I feel like Crystal's vibe the whole time, and honestly still, is that she's like a natural beauty. Mm-hmm. Like very minimal makeup, like brown hair parted in the middle because she just has one of those like, I don't know, she just has like a nice a fresh face. Fresh face. Like yeah. it's perfectly symmetrical and there's like nothing distracting about it. Like she doesn't have big lips or a crazy, she's just like got a lovely face. And so they were just like, this one is the girl. Like, I don't know. She just like, she's sort of the, to, to like rely on my spice girls tropes. She would definitely be the Victoria Beckham that I feel Mm -hmm. like one, another reason I forget that Crystal is the Maknae is because they definitely make her like a sexy one. Yeah. She had like Um, little skirts. Yeah. She and Vic were always in little skirts and like heels. And she, I thought was sort of usually put in the middle as the like, hello, I am beautiful. Right. (laughs) That was her vibe. For sure. For sure. Um, these days, Crystal does a lot of modeling and a lot of acting because of said mm-hmm. beautiful face. She is famously an ex-girlfriend of Exo's Kai. Yep. We always have to remember, shout out to that relationship Kai that Stoll. we all loved so much. Kai Stoll. <laughs> um, and you can follow Crystal on Instagram at V-O-U-S-M-E-V-O-Y-E-Z. I think that that is French. Vumevouyes. <laughs> it seems like a seems like a play on French. Something like that. Yeah, she's actually really, really active as an actress right now. She recently did a film. I think it might have been a TV show, but I think it was a film where she played a pregnant woman. Um, yeah, so she's like always in the news for her acting. Yeah, and those are the members of FX. Yay. All right, time to get in to the timeline. Let's do it. All right. So pre-debut, August 24th, 2009, SM introduces that they will be debuting a five-member dance-focused girl group with this teaser video. And it's like a one-minute teaser video that sort of samples their debut song, but like in a different clubbier way. And then there's Mm -hmm. just this kind of, sexy silhouette like body rolly dance that i was like this is so sexy compared to literally everything about the debut yes absolutely it's like very jazzy and it's all legs and like it's legs and silhouettes and high kicks and spins and like ooh, ooh, whatever and i was like this is not fx (laughs) like whatever's (laughs) happening this is very fussy Mm-hmm. And like not very, not very la tata, but uh, it was. I mean, it's an interesting debut for sure. I suppose, or an interesting teaser definitely catches the attention, and it bills them as Asia's pop dance group. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is like immediately setting the stage for them to be dance focused. Yeah, and here they go because on September fifth, two thousand nine, FX debuted with a digital single called La Chata. Mm-hmm. 
this song peaked at number five on the gown singles chart it's written by uh sm staple kenzie kenzie hero of this episode and most sm albums i feel like we need to do a kenzie yeah. episode soon anyway go we on. definitely do because i wrote down every every title track that Kenzie wrote for them there's a lot of them so I will be noting <laughs> I will be noting them all <laughs> um yeah lyrically La Chata is just like everybody's ready follow the song we're excited come on follow me and it's just kind of like about the dance mm-hmm. um and the styling at first is very like earth tones and denim and lots of layers and vests and jackets and a corset on top of a dress with a jacket and some leggings and boots on top like layers yeah a lot of layers <laughs> a lot of denim and plaid and uh they really made i would say that they made both amber and luna very like tomboyish at the beginning yes like, the first couple concepts had luna in like very suspenders casual she has well. like suspenders oh, and, and she like, has like big like hair and pants yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, for sure. But this one I thought felt very girl shiny in the sense that it has that like uh hello only one backdrop mm-hmm. of like the, you know, just the very like the movie street. set the of street. the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the choreo I think is where you can really see the comparison between shiny because yes. it is precise as all get out. It's like so the choreo precise. to this is so sharp and that is like what sets fx apart i think from a lot of the other groups that were going on around at the time because their choreo all of it is like so they're so in sync yes so in sync it's i every when i was trying to take notes about the choreo for everything i would just be like oh it's so good (laughs) but it is so good and you can watch like a very very grainy 240p version of like the dance practice of the like intro and the la Chata dance and they're so little they're just like little bitty baby girls and they're dancing so hard like like little itsy like i don't know these like yeah. when little teen when the little teen girls they like, just pop off <laughs> and it's the best um, and their debut stage is, like, pretty good. It, my only complaint was that Amber's hair is completely covering her eyes like that guy from The Only One Of. Like, she yeah, yeah, yeah. is not seen in the debut stage. No eyes for Amber. And then and Crystal is singing in the debut stage. She was like, my mic is on the whole time. My time to shine. <laughs> she learned it from her sister. And Jessica was like, you sing hard. You understand me? <laughs> um yeah so that was la chata it's great it's a great debut it's so it's fun and good yes they actually won a uh rookie of the month award the month that they debuted um and they went on to win that year a newcomer award as well great love it um Shortly after, on October 8th, they got their first CF song. I think we talked about it in our CF episode, but they yeah, did a collab did. a collab song with Girls' Generation called Chocolate Love for LG Phones. And again, they're wearing these like sexy bodysuits from the teaser video, and there's like a lot of butt shots in this commercial. And I was like, there are 15-year-olds here. What are we yes. doing? Yes. Yeah, Chocolate Love is, like, a very, very sexy 
commercial, which is a little odd. But like some of the shots, like the girls, their faces are really close together. Yes. And they're like sensually singing. Like, right. It looks like they're like making out with each other's cheeks, cheeks. while they're singing. It's very, very, it's a little jarring, like how sexual mm-hmm. it is when you compare it to the actual music that they're putting out. Um, but the song itself is pretty catchy. I liked it. Yeah. So at least initially, we're like giving getting FX a commercial deal with Girls' Generation right away. Mm-hmm. Trying. Um, on November 9th, 2009, they put out a physical single. This one has a CD, and it's called Chew. And it is stylized with a little curvy and a heart. <laughs> I think we've talked about this because I know we've talked about the A-Pink song, Mr. Chu, but Chu is like the Korean slang for like a kiss. So like Mm -hmm. instead of where we would write it like moi, they write it Chu because it's the sound. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this little physical single had three tracks, Chu, a song called Step By Me, and then a little Luna Crystal ballad called You Are My Destiny. Gotta love a song. Gotta love a song called You Are My Destiny. Um, the single Chew peaked at number three. I couldn't find any sales information about the physical, how many physical copies it sold. Um, but the lyrics for this one are like about an innocent, innocent girl who doesn't know anything. And she's just dreaming about a kiss and she wants the kisser to just, just do it. Just do the kiss. Cause I'm too scared <laughs> and like, just do it. Um, and yeah, music video is a small scale box music video which is kind of all they'll ever get so get used to it Mm -hmm. um and like it kind of it reminds me of like similar a pink videos from like a later there's like a attic and they're like having a little like party for no reason and like bah um yeah, and Sully is wearing Taeyong cosplay, I wrote in the music video, because she, like, fully has braids and a sideways hat and, like, headphones around her neck. I'm like, I don't know why. I know. It's so... I There's such wild looks in this music video. They're all over the place, and, like... One of them is this, like, weird knockoff, like, hip-hop style that they, like, kind of try to push on a few of them. Like, Victoria's wearing, like, a sideways flat flat top hat in, like, most of the music video. And they don't really stick with that for too long in their career. But the fact that they made them do that at all, I was like, wow, this is bad. Yeah. But yeah, they're really going for like super bright. They always have these almost like radioactive neon colors. Like Mm. the blue in the coordinated outfits is so bright. (laughs) It's crazy. Yes. Um, I also had to note, choreo note, they do my favorite jump kickback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the last chorus. It's at like 2.49 in the music video. Um, yeah, and this dance just goes really hard in general, and they, like, squat so many times. So I wrote teenager knees, because, <laughs> like, I don't know how they did it. 
Yeah, the I mean, their dances always do go pretty hard, um, but it was fun to watch the stage of this because there's really, really loud boy fan chants in yes. it, um, which I thought was fun, especially because FX wasn't a like they weren't like girls generation and that they weren't like sexy and cute right. or whatever. They were like, you know funky and kind of like strange um and so it was nice to hear these like big loud like ah, <laughs> yeah. um but i also read that uh after two came out they were special guests at the girls generation into the new world concert uh in december so oh. uh they did try to i guess pair them up with girls generation a couple of times after their initial debut Nice. Um, in February 2010, they did another uh, phone commercial collab, but this was a Chinese one with a boy group called MIC, and they make a Chinese version of a song called Lollipop that they will do again later, and we'll get to it. Oh, my God. This, this commercial, I feel like I didn't have a lot of notes on it, but I just have to say watching it, I was like, I feel like this is what people... This is what people used to picture when I would tell them that I was into K-pop. Right. And they would be like, oh, really? Like, that's kind of weird. This is what they would yeah, imagine, yeah, yeah. I think. Like, just super over-the-top, like, candy-colored, like, the brightness to the insane. elbows and the insane hair hats. And the, and yes, that. hair sculptures and just, like, brightly <laughs> colored clothes. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, what this song is. That's what that lollipop <laughs> is. Um, in April of 2010, they premiered a show called Hello FX. And this was a travel reality show where they traveled to Africa, Thailand, and Japan. And it was four episodes leading up to this next comeback, which was on May 4th, 2010. They put out their first EP, and it is called New Yebio. And the single has the same name. This song went to number one and was downloaded 2.2 million times in the year 2010. Um, the physical album peaked at number two and sold 54,000 copies. So we're paying attention to FX now. Oh, um, yes. The lyrics to this one, well, the title, the ABO is supposed to reference blood types, like a new blood type. And the lyrics are like lit, like, Unni, please help me. Love is such a mystery. And I don't know what to do. But they specifically say like, Unni, what will I, what, what do I do? Help me. What do I do? Like at the start of every chorus. Interesting. Um, and yeah, this is another box music video on the fake street. <laughs> it sure is. However, it is fucking iconic. It's so everything good. about the everything about the music video is wild. Like Victoria's fringe pants, crystals dip dyed, like double sharp the, the step bob haircut. stepped haircuts, like. The stages and the choreo are just perfection from start to finish. And I really feel like I could, I want to like write an essay about the, the choreography in this dance because mm -hmm. it is 
it is very flirty and feminine and cute, especially in the chorus when they do specifically this little like little makeup powder, move, which is so wonderful. Love I love it so much. But it's also very masculine in certain ways. And they have the like, shirt lift is the they bo- do the cheeky shirt lift shirt lift mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Yes. And the girls committed to it every time and like do the full up and they do the shirt lifts like several times in the chorus. They also do like a full pelvic thrust and these like shuffle moves that are usually seen like pretty often in boy choreography. Um, like I love the way that they start Amber's second verse and they do the little where they're just like shuffling in a group and they like, dun, yes, dun, dun, yes. Whatever, like do the different poses. and It's so cool. Uh, but this choreo is just like, it's so I'm precise. Like that's yes. the word I just kept writing down over and over again because this kills it. And the, each chorus is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. The second chorus, in my opinion, goes the hardest because it's <laughs> the one where they do all of the like really crazy like hand motions oh, and they okay. move they move themselves like one piece at a time. It's oh. so fucking cool. It's so cool. I love it's so cool. video. <laughs> I love this song. Yes, this is. This is good shit. This is good shit. Please check this out. Um, yeah. And my only notes were FX is fully weird TM now mm-hmm. because this is like the first, like the the debut is kind of safe. Like I said, they're wearing lots of layers, but like the, now they're weird. Like some of yeah. them are wearing different shoes in some of the dance scenes and like, yeah, they're just like, now they're weird. Neon makeup on just yeah, yeah, yeah. one eye shit like that love it so that's new abo um in june of 2010 amber sustained an injury on her leg ankle something and had to return to america for six months to just like recuperate with her mom um so while she was gone the other four members of fx were promoting a b-side off of new abo called mr boogie it's an interesting little song i think it's a kenzie song um, it is. It is. I knew it. Um, they joined <laughs> the SM Town 2010 family tour as four, and then they do a little travel reality show called FX Koala that's a follow-up to the other one as mm. the four. They also, in 2010, signed with Japan's AVEX Entertainment, and so now their albums were released in Japan, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and China. So they're not making original Japanese music. They haven't done a Japanese debut. They've just signed with this company to for distribute their music. Exactly. Um, and this year, they won a couple of different awards. I only wrote a couple, two of note, which was the style icon of the year, nice. because their clothes is so outlandish. And they also won Rookie singer of the year nice great 2010 fx mm-hmm. um so then in early 2011 amber returns to the group and they put out their first full album on april 20th 2011 the album is called pinocchio and the single is known as danger <laughs> This album and song went to number one pretty quick, and it went mm-hmm. to seven on the Billboard World Chart and got eight music show trophies. Damn straight. This is a Kenzie song. 
Nice. Um, the lyrics to this one are like, you are dangerous, you're a Pinocchio, you're a liar, like, but follow me and I'm going to mold you into exactly what I would like you to be. So uh, it's fun. It's a call out and it's a, but I'm in charge here. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> interesting song. Like the, the vocals are kind of eggyo and cutesy and mm-hmm. there is this sort of like doll aesthetic to the choreo but there is a scream in the instrumentation of it and then there's this there's like a literal scream and then there's also this uh like actual i don't know what kind of instrument it is or if it's just like a synth or something that is like echoing the stream the scream in Mm -hmm. the instrumentation so it's this really weird juxtaposition of like cutesy sweet dolls with this like screaming kind of mysteriously dangerous instrumentation and so like the combo of those I feel like it does a really great job of communicating the vibe of the group and definitely you can see it like from here you can see where SM got the idea for what Red Velvet is now absolutely absolutely um yeah the music video for this one is again a white box video but this time they paid for a little bit of cgi from some weird floaty bubbles and stuff but i think that they look great in this music video Agreed. it's like very weird but it's glamorous like oh God, so luna glamorous. has this crazy peplum like very boa outfit but it's covered in spikes or like there's they have this one set of outfits that's like pearl aqua and pink and crystal has one of those like harley quinn made of plastic Pearl yes, that amazing jacket. shirt that's just like it's made of like confetti or something. I love and those. It's so amazing. And there, Sully is wearing a hat that has these like gorgeous, these like cute little pink dinosaurs on it. It's just there was so much happening in the outfits in this music video. Yes, and I love I love the choreo to this song too as well because again, it's just like so precise and weird. Like the just the like. The levels at these, at the three, mm-hmm. like, hands on the da-da-da-da-does always blows my mind. And then I love the the move where they they do the finger and then they do that nice little, like, hip bend back. Slide. The angle yeah, to be yeah. like, come this way. Ah! It's mm-hmm. so good! And so, <laughs> you're right. Like, everything is so fucking precise. And it's so sad. It's just so satisfying to watch. Oh, it's so satisfying to watch them dance. Ugh. Yes. So the choreo to this one is perfect. This was a 10 track album. Like we said, their first album and it had a Korean version of that annoying song lollipop, but this time it has shiny on it instead of that Chinese boy group, which helps a little, but still but not very much. annoying. Song. <laughs> um, they also promoted a B side with this album called gangsta boy. And it's the only song on that album. I don't like, and I can't believe that's the one that they promoted. Cause it's very dumb. It's so dumb. And it's honestly such a shame because the dance practice to that music video is like crazy satisfying to yes. watch. They do the most 
Oh God, it's such great choreo and like such great footwork. Watching Victoria do that made my whole day. And then you hear the lyrics of like, it's my gangsta boy, my gangsta, gangsta boy. And you're like, what? My gangsta boy. Yes. It's like, and like to this like childhood (laughs) nursery rhyme song. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. FX, I am sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> I'm about that one. Sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. Um, so that was the first album, Pinocchio. In June of that year, they repacked this album, and now it's called Hot Summer with a single called Hot Summer. And Hot Summer is actually a cover of a German song by the same title performed by a band called Monroes. Um, And so they just made a Korean version of that song. And this peaked at number two, had two music show wins, and the repack had three new songs, Hot Summer, Sweet Witches, Is It Okay? And they also put La Chata and Chew at the bottom of the repack as well. Yeah, this was really popular. It was one of the most successful singles of the year with over 2 million copies sold. Um, And this choreo, I mean, the music video, I feel like is, it's the first one where they're all wearing heels. And I felt like it was Mm. a very distinctively different look. Like they were still very mismatchy in the way that like they all look like they're going to different events and they're all like very brightly colored, but it felt much less over the top than it usually than like before right Mm. it felt more streamlined and like a little bit more mature um but the choreo to this i don't know i always (laughs) part of me like can't take this song seriously because it is very repetitive and the choreo we've talked about it is just tondus over and over again and so like to me it is just very much like a ballet warm-up and like it feels lazy in comparison to what we know fx is capable of i totally agree with that and i know that's the fact because to bring it back to we got married and again if this is your first episode we did a whole kuntoria episode go back in the kettle But that episode where her and Kuhn had to work at the honeymoon resort, I feel like that is the dance that she had to teach that she ended up teaching the resort people because that was like an easy thing she could teach people at the like club med to go yeah. hot summer, a hot, hot summer. Um, but I do think this song is very fun and the outfits that they're wearing on there's a scene in the music video where there's like a pink, a tank. A military tank and it's like yes, pink and it's zebra. like pink zebra striped. <laughs> but the outfits that they're wearing in front of that tank are the outfits that they are wearing in the SMIM documentary. And I always yeah. think that they look like and they're all like in a monochromed look that's in their own little like character style. So like to me, like if you were to draw a cartoon of FX, like those are FX's outfits. Like, those are their Powerpuff Girl outfits. Amber's little green vest and her silver shoes. Yeah. Like, those are their Powerpuff Girl outfits. Yes, and, like, <laughs> Sully's little, like, sequin t-shirt dress. Yes. And then you have, like, Crystal with her little blue, like, blue flowy blouse. Yeah, great. I love it. I love those outfits. 
Yeah, and this was just um, wrote lyrics, so I got to note it. But this was a very literal, like, get out of your stuffy office. Let's leave the classroom and go dance by the river because it's summer. Because it's hot Very outside. straightforward, hot summer. They won their first golden disc this year. They got a bonsang. Uh, and they also, at the Korean Music Awards, won the group of the year by netizen vote. So they won, like, the popularity group. Nice. The popularity award. Yes. Good. FX is popular. SM. Yeah. Do you see? SM. Pay attention. Um, so literally an entire year later... Mm-hmm. June 10th, 2012, they put out their second EP, which is titled for its title track, Electric Shock. This single and album also immediately went to number one. Sold more than 70,000 physical copies, was downloaded 2.1 million times, nine music show, show trophies. Huge moment, big mm-hmm. song. Yeah, and widely critically acclaimed for the group's newfound sonic direction. Like, critics always loved FX's music, um, and it's just really, it's just very unfortunate that SM never fucking paid attention to that, but they were always very well received. Yes. Um, Lyrically, Electric Shock is kind of interesting because every single line of it starts with three repeating you repeat the first syllable of the word three times to like imply a shock like uh, uh, uh. so every single line it's fun every single line starts with chum 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 like or whatever they say it three times and that's fun um the music video is again box music video but this time the box is very large and has lots of like neon like the space of the box itself is very big but again it's just a box video um but i noticed that in the in the music video luke's they're wearing that like kind of pastel-y neon like eyeliner that is so fucking trendy right now mm-hmm. but this was 2011 and i'm just saying they were always ahead of their time they were, and they use those, uh, they use, like, really bright neon eyeliners and, like, eye-catching, like, asymmetrical eye makeup uh, in a lot of their different comebacks. I loved Sully's rainbow hair in this music oh, video. Yes. She has really, really long brown hair, but then, like, these, like, highlights of just all different colors where it looks like she just has ribbons, like, tied They're in so her peak. hair. They just peak a little yes. bit. They just peek out a little bit and they're amazing. And I, but I did write like poor Victoria. They are always making her dance in these fucking mini skirts that are so small. And I also noticed in several of the stages where she would be wearing, she was like the only one on stage wearing a mini skirt. And when it's her time, the camera changes to a fucking low angle and i'm like guys what are we doing like this is unacceptable and gross and how dare you disrespect my mama think this way but whatever she can still do it because she's a dance ace like i said yes um yeah so i mean that's electric shock 
Um, we'll get to the exact number later when it breaks a record, but this is their most popular music video, and we watched it when we got them in the random game three years ago. So we'll watch something yes. different today. But like Electric Shock, I feel like is maybe like the FX song if you have to mm-hmm. give them one because like this one is the really popular. It's still it still slaps so hard. Like I dare <laughs> you to not like jump around a little bit to Electric Shock. Like come on. Yeah, but, like the and choreo even like demands it that you like. Totally. And what I wrote was that the I noticed that like because we've been saying that their choreo is very like precise and it is very intricate and sharp in a lot of ways, but they always have a fairly simple catchy point move in the chorus. And so the like like that line that is so like easy to do because you're just like jumping and then you're using your little paddles to just shock. Down. Shock down and a the music bit. video is so cute because they're like so happy to be shocking you yes. <laughs> they're like holding all of these tasers and just like smiling <laughs> yeah also the iconic laser little laser laser the laser yes it just has to be mentioned <laughs> my other favorite part of this song i saw it in a tiktok recently but in the verses where they go like yeah uh-huh like there's a bunch of oh <laughs> in the background and i kept it keeps coming up on my tiktok but there's a really good video of jungyun at a like award show when they're doing that song and every every single one of those he does them like <gasps> as dramatically as possible like oh yes. ha, ha. And, uh-huh. like, and that's what i do in my car when i hear that song so i appreciate that it's fun this is a good song. It is a good song. Um, shortly after it came out, they made their Japanese debut on August 5th with a remake of Hot Summer. So they have not put out an original Japanese song, but they're putting out a Japanese version of Hot Summer, which was eventually used as the main theme song for Umenoi Resort. Oh, hey, mm-hmm. there's that commercial money again. There you go. <laughs> Um, August 15th, 2012, I just have to note this for the history. That is when To the Beautiful You started airing. And this was SM's attempt at producing a drama all by themselves. So this drama starred Sully and Mino from Shiny. Um, and Crystal and Luna also sang songs on the soundtrack, which were written mm-hmm. by Kenzie. And like, it was a whole, it was a whole it SM was a production. whole SM thing. And it was a very popular show. And like, Sully hadn't acted in a while. And it was a big deal. And it's important to me. Yes. It's still a favorite drama in my heart. So Yeah, it's one of the... I, it, <laughs> is i think the first drama i ever watched and like finished and it is uh when kara our friend kara that Mm -hmm. i we've had on this show she came to super m with us she and i were living together at the time and she watched that show with me not knowing anything about k-pop but i was watching it on the tv once and she was like who is that and stayed for me (laughs) now yeah So it's an important show. For sure. Um, Before 2012 wraps up, I just want to point out that they did win another Golden Disc Bonsang this year and their first Mama for Best Dance Performance for Female Groups. They won other awards, but I am only mentioning a couple. Well, I mean, I think you're picking good ones, so. (laughs) Thank you. 
Um, all right. In March 2013, FX was the first K-pop act to be invited to perform at the South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, Texas. We talked about that a lot in our K-pop in America episode. Go check mm-hmm. that out. Um, and then May 2013, another season of an FX travel show. This one is called Amazing FX. And they took a trip to New Zealand and it aired on Mnet. Yes, and the whole South by Southwest thing was documented on their own variety show, Go FX, where they also um, filmed a Funny or Die sketch with Anna Kendrick. Yes, I remember that year, Funny or Die. And so they had a Vahyana Rita Ora one as well. Like, Funny or Die was trying to like get K-pop stars to make content that year. I remember it very well. Yeah. And just to further reiterate that critics always loved FX, um, after their performance at South by Southwest, they were named one of the 30 must-see acts of the festival by Fuse. Nice. Recognize. We love to see it. All right. July 29th, 2013, FX put up, puts out their second full album known as The Pink Tape. And the single is rum pum pum and i'm not playing it right now you can't hear it because we're saving this one to watch at the end because this is their second most watched music video at the time as at like as of this recording um this album and song went to number one though and won four music show trophies and billboard named it the best k-pop album of the 2010s mm-hmm it's also on, um, on the Billboard's 100 Greatest Girl Group Songs of All Time. And Pitchfork named FX the most reliably risk-taking act in K-pop after this album came out, specifically naming one of the B-sides, Shadow, as one of the 20 essential K-pop songs. Very nice. Um, we've talked about this album before because it is one of the most, like, coveted and like respected physical k-pop albums of all time Mm -hmm. because it aesthetically looks like a pink vhs tape um and so that's still very unique and nobody's ever done anything like that before or since um so like this album was a big deal because i mean it sold a a ton of copies a hundred thousand physical copies to be exact and all the tracks on the album made it into the top 40 on the korean Mm -hmm. charts like this was a big album but like the physical the art of the physical album itself is also important to k-pop history because it's a cool it's a cool packaging yeah we definitely talked about it in our album episode where we talk about like very uh important physical albums um and the packaging of it and i feel like this album in general is often hailed by critics as like fx's sort of magnum opus like this is their like greatest piece um which yeah that's just kind of the general the general reputation i would say and i think that's fair we're gonna talk about b-sides later but i do feel like overall as an entire album and as a weird experimental art piece honestly this album is that like think and thinking that it came out like eight years ago too is also really crazy because of how much weird shit is on it um that's just feels before it's time but is also great it's just great yeah um, there's a lot of really great B-sides off of it, uh, one of which is called Goodbye Summer, and it features Dio from EXO. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Um, I the lyrics of Rum Pum Pum or the Korean title of Rum Pum Pum is actually Chotsarangni, which means first wisdom tooth. Because the lyrics are like, I will pierce through your fucking skull and it will hurt a lot. And you will suffer because of me. It's like what the lyrics of this song are. So like they're comparing this boy, like whatever it is. If you love me, I'm a hurt I'm you a like a ache. wisdom tooth. But also you need me. You need your wisdom. It's important to have teeth or whatever. Like it's inter- It's a very interesting song lyrically. <laughs> Yeah, especially when you, like, later on when we watch the music video and we listen to it, it's, like, very interesting because the, it's a, it's just not a, a scary sounding song. It's, like, a no. very lighthearted, like, fun song. So to know that the lyrics are so intense is, again, kind of an interesting juxtaposition. Um, however, I will complain here. I will take some sure. time to fucking complain (laughs) because uh these were by far in going through doing our research lowest budget comeback stages Mm. like the comeback stage that is in our the show champion one is a fucking disgrace is that the button downs and the skirts one yeah those terrible cheap schoolgirl Halloween costumes that they are wearing Mm -hmm. and there is nothing as far as the set goes except for screens that are playing like they're literally just showing playing cards like across the screen (laughs) there's no theme or concept none of the girls have anything fancy going on with their hair or their makeup it is the plainest Jane thing that I'd ever seen and I was frankly infuriated by the fact that they made them wear these teeny tiny schoolgirl skirts because the point piece of the choreo is to go rum pum 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 with your hips and shake them around mm-hmm. and it was a little bit too cheeky mm. literally and those literally are my fucking cheeky. complaints those are fair complaints those are very However, complaints. they did win a Golden Disc Bonsang for this album. Well, that's good. Because it deserves it. It, <laughs> it deserved it. And it certainly de- deserved better than those cheap-ass fucking stages. I agree. I agree. Unacceptable. All right. So once again, another year passes. And it's July 7th, 2014. And this album and single are titled Red Light. This album and song went to number one, won five music show trophies. The music video reached 2 million views on the first day, which back in 2014 was a still a big deal. Yes, it was. Um, and it was named one of the best songs of 2014 by Dazed, Vice, and Pop Matters magazine. And it was the most viewed K-pop music video in the U.S. for the month of July, which is another credit to them. Um, This is another Kenzie song as well. And the album also has the one and only songwriting credit that any of the members have ever had, which was given to Amber on the song Summer Lover. Wow. Um, Yeah. Red Light is 
a banger and I remember when the teaser images for this dropped and it was such a big deal because the styling for the initial teaser images has all four girls in like plain black leotards with like little hats but then they all just have like one clockwork orangey eye makeup and then they all have Mm -hmm. like interesting highlights like Luna's hair is green and like Sully's is yellow on the bottom and they like so it was like this kind of color blocked one eye makeup and like crystal had blonde hair and like a ton of eye makeup on and she never looked like that and like luna's hair was short and like people were hype because it like looked it looked so like different and they just have really yeah they have very drastic dramatic looks like crystals like ice white blonde hair that's all the way to her waist she wears there's eye patches in this music video crystal wears the stunning eye patch thing in one of the stages um there's like really great little hats in it and like awesome black and white outfits um i love luna's like super severe blue bob it's um and that this haircut is was so good on her oh so, so good. good so good um and this is the very first time that victoria has ever not had a wall of bang um, she has, she does wear a bob wig in the music video and some of the stages, but her actual hair was about shoulder length. And for the very first time, she has not bangs full long front pieces. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the military glamour looks in the music video. They have these mm-hmm. like military uniforms that are like dripping in gold and diamonds. So they like, look amazing. Face chains, books on fire. It's just yes. very, it's very grunge. Mm-hmm. It's very dramatic and like, yeah, it's like, it. it's not like grungy because they don't look dirty, but they definitely look dangerous. Yes. Dangerous. And like, yeah. Dangerous De- and glamorous. Dangerous and glamorous is totally a good, um, totally a good describer. Um, Something interesting about this song that I like hesitate to bring up just because I think it colors it weird, but it's out there. So I got to say it. The lyrics of this song on paper are very like warn. The red light is like warning of danger and the lyrics are like very chaotic and like we're running and we're sinking and there's fire and like they're just very like chaotic lyrics. A couple of years after this song came out, an SM executive named Lee Sung Soo, who has no writing credits on this song, and like I don't know who he is, came out apropos of nothing and was like, actually, FX Red Light is a criticism of the government's handling of the Sewol ferry disaster. And people were like, what? Because that happened like two months before this comeback. So like, I feel like people weren't writing criticizing songs about it yet. And I'm pretty sure comebacks don't get thrown together in two months, but okay. And if you, like, analyze the lyrics, there's, like, one line that I guess you could say is, like, putting blame on some kind of government entity. But then if you take that line out, then it can only be read from the perspective of the people drowning on the boat. And, like, that's so fucked up. Yeah. And so, like, I reject that. And I say that that was an SM person who saw an opportunity to get in the news. Because I think that's so crazy. But... 
That's something that someone said years after this song came out. So I That's just have to say wild. for the history. Someday maybe we could ask Kenzie for sure because <laughs> this is one of their songs. So yeah. <laughs> they can tell us for sure. Um, um, yeah. But the other big thing about this comeback is that right after stages started is uh, when Sully was revealed to be in a relationship with a rapper much older than her. The internet was very, very mean about it. SM mm-hmm. said they didn't want her promoting because everyone was being too mean and it was having an adverse effect on her health. So she did not promote Red Light with the rest of the group. After yeah. That. And then the promotions also got cut short. Um, they promoted with her a few, they promoted a few times without her. Um, but then the full promotion schedule was cut short. Um, and the last performance of all five members of FX was on July 20th on Inkigayo. After the red light promotions are cut short, that's the last thing that FX does in 2014. Um, They don't, I don't have any like awards of note. I don't have any like Japanese uh, promotions, fucking nothing. They're just done. Um, But then at the beginning of 2015, In February, Amber makes her solo debut. She's the first of the members to debut solo. Um, And on July 22nd, they release their first Japanese physical single, which is a Japanese version of Pinocchio and Hot Summer. And it also came with a DVD that had Japanese versions of those music videos. Um, But then later that same month, SM made an official announcement that Sully will no longer be a part of FX. So now that it's been officially noted that from here on out, there are four members of FX in October of 2015, on the 27th, they release their third album entitled Four Walls. Love is four walls. The song was produced by LDN Noise, who we have brought up on the show before as the writers of the horniest EXO songs. Um, it went to number one and sold over 80,000 physical copies, got five music show wins. Um, it was their second thing to reach number one on the Billboard World Chart after Pink Tape. And Spin Magazine called them the world's greatest living pop group. Hell yeah, they did. (laughs) This album was uh, originally promoted with an art gallery exhibit in Itaewon, where uh, over several days, um, each individual member's teaser videos were added to one of the walls in the exhibit Ah, until all four walls were covered. And then they showed the music video teaser um the this is also their highest selling album of their career to date um and it's the first music video where they really don't feature the choreography to the song um there's no choreo in the in the music video at all and the music video is very trippy in a way that none of the other ones are because it actually tells a story where like amber like drops something and then there's like slow motion drops a cup and it shatters and that like leads to a series of events where the girls are like 
doing different things in the house and then they're like running through the forests and like finding each other frozen in like precarious scenarios and it all culminates in crystal like waking up and catching the cup and preventing all of the things from happening um so it's like a very very different music video but the choreography itself is still that beautiful like precise fx choreo um they have so much great hand choreography Mm -hmm. in this like all the little like four walls thing with their weird hands they do on their heads it's so strange um but i loved all of the styling of this comeback because it was very like 70s casual cool with like high-waisted bell-bottom pants and like nice pastels i really liked this was a this is a great song Yeah, it's a great song. It's a very, like, poetic song lyrically. It's all, like, love is an illusion and smoke and mirrors and you reflect me beautifully in your love mirror or whatever. Um, But (laughs) the music video, the, like, specific, like, gauzy lens that they shot that music video with is the same one they shot View with. Mm-hmm. And the way that they are running through the forest in their, like, casual Amber and her, like, casual boyfriend white tee. And, like, they, it's, it, this was the first time in a while where I was like, oh, right, they're girl shiny. Because yeah. this felt like a very, it feels like a very shiny music video and a very shiny song, honestly. Like, it's I totally neat. agree. It definitely fits with the, um, like, sort of wateriness of mm-hmm. View, for sure. Except that Shiny got to go to Thailand to film and that music girls. video. <laughs> and FX probably filmed this on, like, the fucking Han River or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that forest is for sure the park in somebody's apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't go anywhere. Yeah, no. And I think that Crystal's, like, Barbie, t- her, like, Barbie shorts and her little, like, crop her crystal's outfit is not so cute in the music video but it's fine it also is like (laughs) is it too on the nose to come back with four members with your song four walls i don't know (laughs) (laughs) to me it feels very like it felt very yeah i thought so too (laughs) yeah so too um this however this album did like i said it was their it is their highest selling um and it did win a golden disc a bonsang award um they also won their second mama this year um for the global choice very nice very nice um, in December of 2015 they released a little christmas special sm album called winter garden and FX had a song called 1225 Wishlist. And this is just a nice Christmas song. It's like, my heart is soft like marshmallows, and I hope that you'll make my Christmas wishes come true. It's just a Christmas song. Yeah, it's just a pretty little Christmas song. This was a um, three-track compilation album with Boa and Red Velvet. Um, None of them had music videos, Um, but this song was also produced by LDN Noise, and it has, like, little jingle bells in it. And I did write, like, it is just a very nice, like, crisp clear christmas song but the bridge goes off Mm -hmm. and and like the end of this song it's a great christmas song like they are singing and there's fantastic harmonies and it like it it goes off at the end i liked it (laughs) 
it's just too bad that all that exists of it is the recorded single. There's there's not a performance in sight. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. But speaking of performances, fucking finally. In January, yes, finally. In January of 2016, we have the first solo concert for FX. It was called Dimension 4 Docking Station. Um, And they performed for three days in Seoul and six shows in Japan. Then they finished again with one finale concert in Seoul where they finally announced the official fan name of the group. Uh, And it's just really fucking shitty it makes me so mad. It's so <laughs> infuriating. You're really not going to give them a solo concert of their own until one of the members has already left. And it's been like seven years. They didn't get a concert back when they had number one albums four years before this. Like, Every I don't get it. single album went to number one. All Four of their full albums went to number one. And all of those albums are filled with phenomenal B-sides. So if it was a question of whether or not they could have filled the stadiums, like maybe that is a question worth considering. But it certainly never would have been a question of can they fill the three fucking hours. Because yes, the FX stadium tour would have been spectacular. Yeah. It would have been spectacular. And even, and like, yeah, I feel like of the SM groups, like very few SM groups get the stadium tour, but like even Red Velvet gets the Olympic arena, like mm-hmm. the shiny members get Olympic arenas for, and for their own birthdays. So do the Exos. Yeah. Like you're mm-hmm. telling me not once when they had all these number ones, you couldn't have thrown a local, a one weekend in Seoul concert for them. Shut up. You absolutely could have. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Despicable. It just makes me so mad because they were so, they were so good. Are you making 14 track albums and don't have time to like, let them sing them in public one time? Like, I don't, what are you it. making the albums for? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing here? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. But later, a couple months later in May, Luna makes her solo debut with her EP free somebody. Um, that makes her the second, uh, member to go solo yes perfect album we've spoke of it many perfect times. album um july 22nd 2016 an sm station is released sung by fx and it is called all mine This is, unfortunately, the last FX song. And in the music video, even though they were all together, they recorded a like separate selfie style music video. So in their last music video, they aren't even all in the same frame of a shot. Well, even one. I know. And I remember when that station came out and thinking, oh no. This is it, isn't it? Like, this mm-hmm. is the, like I I felt like I knew it in my heart that there wasn't gonna be more FX after that. 
because it feels like a goodbye music yes. video. It feels like a goodbye. And like every time I watch that, my only note for that music video is this music video makes me cry and not just because of how beautiful Victoria is. But and that is, is definitely a factor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really, it's like a beautiful song and it's just a, it's just a fucking bummer, man. Yeah. It is, it's just, a, it's just a fucking bummer. It's just a fucking bummer. And I'll never stop being sad about it. So, um, yeah, let's get yeah. through, <laughs> get through these last pieces of timeline. They literally all suck. We'll talk uh, through it. <laughs> yeah, we have, because the last, like, they put this out, All Mine, this SM station, that's the last release. And then on in November of 2016, they do two encore performances of their concert in Japan. And they release their one and only original Japanese song, which is called Cowboy. And it comes with a Japanese version of Four Walls. And that is the official final release okay. of FX. Yes. Um, and this was like, com- this. I mean, I'm sure it, we can just exclusively blame someone at SM for this. But it was extra complicated by in 2016. That was the year that like Lei and Victoria had to go back to China mm-hmm. and like stay there because... China and yeah. Korea are fighting. So it was just like, you have to go be in China now. Um, so there was kind of like, no, that's, I think that's how I knew that all mine was probably going to be it because all that shit was popping off real bad. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, Victoria's not going to get to come back. Their contracts are going to run out. Like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God damn it. So, uh, all right. October 16th, 2016, this is when the Electric Shock music video surpassed 100 million views, which made FX the third ever Korean girl group and sixth group ever to reach 100 million views. Amazing. Um, In January 2018, Crystal said in an interview that, like, the members are always talking about reunions and they would think it would be great, Mm -hmm. but it just never works out. Yeah, because... It's worth noting that FX has never officially disbanded. Like, SM mm-hmm. never made a statement that said FX is done. Goodbye, Victoria FX. just had to go back to China, and they didn't fucking talk about FX. Yeah. Um, in July of 2019, Sully released a solo album called Goblin. Um, she mm-hmm. was still under SM. Like, she never yes. left SM, but, like, just was not in FX anymore. Um, and then in August of 2019, uh, Amber, Crystal, and Luna, because again, Victoria stuck in China, mm-hmm. performed as three at the SM Town live in Tokyo. And those are labeled on YouTube as the final FX yeah. performances. To date, that is the last live FX stage we have of any combo of members. Yes. Um, so then on September 1st, 2019, Amber, it was announced that Amber's contract was up and she was leaving. Then Luna, then Victoria to leave SM. Crystal didn't officially leave until October, but that whole month was just kind of 
October of the following year. Oh, the following year. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Crystal had, uh, for whatever reason, her contract didn't expire until 2020. Um, but basically, each of the girls just allowed their contracts to expire and then didn't renew them. And um, Amber, Luna, Victoria, and Crystal are all currently signed under different companies. Yes. And then October 14th, 2019, our Sully took her own life. And that, I don't, I never know what to say after. After introducing such a difficult. Yes. Yes. This, unfortunately, I think has become right now, like one of the larger parts of FX's legacies, which is really unfortunate. But after Chang Yun, Sully was like the next, you know, like very major name in K-pop to then take their own life. She's also from the same company as Mm -hmm. Chang Yun. So like that parallel was not lost on people. And that same month, uh, Guhara also later took her life. So this became a very like publicized, talked about like p- fixture in the media of this quote unquote dark side of K-pop. Right. And I think that a lot of media outlets really took advantage of the sort of struggles that Sully had with the media and with her image and with all of the criticisms that she always received and just ran with it to really boil down this group that had so much to offer in their like beautiful career and stripped it all away and made it to just like, Oh, that's the group where the member killed themselves. Right. And it's really, um, tragic that that has I think taken over FX's narrative in a way that I don't think that happened with shiny because shiny like continued to be like they were still promoting you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like they were promoting in a different way and then like continuing to promote now whereas FX had already fizzled out several years before Sully passed away and Mm -hmm. so then that sort of eclipsed a lot of their a lot of their legacy um, in a way that we especially felt the need to then make this. Yes. I think that's, I think that's what I wanted to talk about for a moment because I, while I agree that I think shiny was like spared a little bit of the like angriest of the like vitriol of like, this was your fault or whatever Mm -hmm. because they were able to keep going after. But I think that both a thing that makes me sad is that I think, Jonghyun and Sully and Hara's lives it bothers me that like their existence has become a trigger Mm -hmm. warning yeah like that upsets me that like somebody posts a nice video of shiny dancing and puts a trigger warning on it like I don't like that I don't Mm -hmm. I don't like that these people have been reduced to the way that they died I fucking hate it and I like don't want to I don't ever want to perpetuate that but like to be honest we both like watching these videos and stuff was hard. I cried mm-hmm. like three or four times just like yeah. looking at her beautiful face and feeling so angry at how much everyone failed her. Mm-hmm. And like, and I hate that she's not around. Like, it, I fucking hate it. And I don't, yeah. I don't know what to do with those feelings, but like, I don't want her music and the music and the work of the other four 
to just be like lost as it this sad thing because like mm-hmm. they were great and they worked so hard and and they worked so hard and they were so unique and I think there's this added layer of like heartbreak and also bitter irony when it comes to Sully's death because um you know it has been like blamed on uh social media and like online bullying and this like really harsh criticism from fans and after her death the members themselves received a lot of criticism about how they were publicly grieving crystal was ruthlessly ruthlessly attacked for not posting anything Mm -hmm. and to the point where victoria went out on weibo and posted a truly spectacular rant um calling out all of those people for For which she got called an Mm -hmm. awful like people fucking hated that victoria had something to say too Exactly, because Crystal had Crystal received a lot of negative criticism for not saying anything when it immediately happened. And then it came out afterward when she finally did post something several days later that the reason she had not posted anything publicly was because she had been at the funeral home with the family and had not been using her phone for three days. And so it was horrible that this death, which was caused by all of this, um, negative commentary then just sparked more, more negative commentary and criticism. And Victoria spoke out about it saying this, you know, idea of like, when did these platforms become a show? Like, when did it become a place by which we measure ethics, people's relationships and emotions and anything that people wish to measure? Like, you can post what you want. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. But her ultimate point was in the end please don't tell others what they need to do with their lives even well-intentioned advice has its boundaries don't overstep what right do you have to tell a stranger to do this or don't do that when your own life is a wreck everyone's life is different and unique who has the right to tell someone how to live focus on your own life live in the present if you live with a kind heart that is enough Queen Fuck Vic. all of you. <laughs> Queen Vic says, Queen worry Vic about your own self. Has worry about your spoken. own self. Your life is a wreck, bitch. Focus <laughs> on you. Focus on you. Um, yeah. Since, God, yeah. Since all of this has happened, um, the members, like, have all come out speaking about their experience with their grief. Luna has come out and taken um, some time to talk about the fact that she also struggles from anxiety and panic disorders. Um, and so they have hopefully are taking good care of themselves. They are all doing very different things right now. Um, but And that was not that long ago, right? It was only yeah. in 2019. Um, but they have gone on to continue doing solo activities. Um, and the latest mention that I could find was a, in um, last year in 2020, all of the members, all four remaining members, posted uh, OT5 pictures and uh, celebrations for their 11th anniversary, um, all shouting out to each other and their fans. Um, and in November of 2020, Crystal said, quote, we always talk amongst the members about meeting in the future so hopefully 
we will have something in the future to look forward to. It does warm my heart to think that they would still be in close contact with each other. Um, but I know obviously they are like in about three or four different countries <laughs> right now. So yeah, that's true. They have that's a lot true. of space between them, but who knows what the future may hold. Yes. All I know is that they are precious to me and their contributions to K-pop as a whole will never be forgotten. Mm -hmm. I will never forgive SM for not trying to capitalize on their popularity more. I wish better things for Red Velvet and Espa. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I just... Yeah, I mean, it's just looking at FX is really, really indicative of the blatant misogyny that exists within the k-pop industry mm -hmm. because just looking at the way that they're promoted like despite having every single album go to number one they only had one repackage in their entire career yeah. they only ever repackaged one album they only ever had one solo concert their promotions were cut short they have a zero Japanese dis discography, it is criminal, criminal, yeah. the lack of promotion that they received from SM. And especially when you compare it to their contemporary groups. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, I checked. Never forgive. At this, I just had to check. And at this point, at this like year mark, Super Junior had twice the amount of promoted releases that, I said, that uh, FX ever did. And a fraction um, of the talent. <laughs> Ooh, I said it! Ooh! <laughs> Diss! <laughs> this is a sometimes anti-Super Junior podcast. <laughs> Never forget. Um, well, before we watch Rum Pum Pum to close this off, we thought we would do like we do when we do a deep dive about a group that we enjoy and share some B-sides we think you, the listener, should check out. Um, you want to just go back and forth? I think yes. we both tried to narrow it down to five. Yes, that's what I did. I picked a top five. Okay, so I think mine are mine might be in release order. So I'll just mine are as well. Okay, so my first one is from the Chew Mini, and it's called Step by Me. And this is just perfect early gen girl group music. Just love it. Can't ask for anything more. My first favorite B-side is uh, from a few albums later, but it's off of Electric Shock, uh, and it's Let's Try. This one has, I just really like the way that the instrumentation like builds on itself, um, and there's really good harmonies in it with kind of a fun swing. I love it. My next one is off of the Pinocchio album, and it's simply titled Love. This is just perfect pop music, excellent vocals, a really like stirring melody that I like love, mm -hmm. Luna belting. It's just got what you want. Yeah, it's groovy and funky and the vocals are cheeky. I had that one on my list too. My next one is off of the Pink Tape. I mentioned this song earlier. It is called Shadow. Shadow. 
I really like this song because like I said, it seems soft and lovely, but it actually has this like creepy discordance in it. It's so weird. Yeah, it's it like gives haunting. like a real... It sounds like you took a nice pop song and ran music it. music box. Yes, and in a warbly tape that kind of yes. like fucks mm-hmm. it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It sounds crazy. It's so It's good. creepy and plinky and plunky and fun. I think I read that that one went to like number three. That was like the second highest charting song on that album. Because it's weird as fuck. It's weird and fun. Um, my next one is off of the Electric Shock album, and this song is called Love Hate. Um, this is another kind of weird one, but I think that this song, if it had just stayed in the basement for two more years, would have been on Red Velvet's first album. It's mm. like definitely a before its time kind of weird Red Velvet B-side that like I don't know. I could. I can see it. I can see it being a future Red Velvet song, but it's a past FX song on the Electric Shock album. Well, I think you can really, really clearly trace the roots of Red Velvet in FX oh, yeah. for sure. Like there are a lot of songs that would be that could have been future Red Velvet songs for sure. My next uh, favorite is also off of the Pink Tape, and it's called No More. <laughs> This one I love. This is just like fucking doo-wop Motown vibes. And I have no complaints because Luna, just give that girl a mic and let her go. That's all I need. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That one is great. I love, I I feel like we could do a whole episode someday about the weird like jazzy theater SM songs that like every group has at least one of. They make me laugh. Um, my next one is also off the pink tape. Keep the pink tape love going. It is a great album. And my choice is Signal. And this is straightforward, pure disco. Nothing. That is all it is. Violins and like Bee Gees disco. Thank you, Kenzie. You know exactly what I want. (laughs) Uh, let's see. My next one I chose off of the Red Light album, and it is called Paper Heart. This is one of the last songs off of this album, and I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the guitar in this. I love the way that the vocals build. It like makes me want to cry in a nostalgic way, but I'm not entirely sure what I'm nostalgic for in it. Like I don't know. It just reminds me of the way that they sing, like Paper Heart, and they kind of like repeat it over and over. The cadence of it reminds me of a very specific time in my life, but I can't really can't put my finger it. on exactly what time in my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just know it makes me feel some kind of way. That's great. That was on my short list and didn't make it into the top five. So good choice. Um, my last one is off of the Red Light album, and this song is called Dracula. <laughs> This is a weird song because it is, it's a little gimmicky and that I feel like they were trying to rip off, you know, like dun, 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 kind yeah. of music. But I don't know. Something about, I have loved this song since this album came out. It just has a special place in my heart. Listening to it today, it kind of gave me like 
Dreamcatcher vibes. I was like, oh, yeah. this is that kind of like witchy, that kind of like witchy K-pop girl music. Um, yeah, that I don't know what to Velvet tell you. Loves to me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you other than Dracula is a good spooky time. Yeah, I don't know. As soon as I heard this song when I was like listening to my massive FX playlist that I made, as soon as I heard it, I remembered instantly a very specific stage that I feel like they did like a Halloween stage or something. And they are like sexy vampires. And it was great. And that is what I always think of when I think of Dracula, the original vampire version. Mm, nice vampire version. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, what's your last B-side? My last one is from their last album, Four Walls, and it's called X. This song is just groovy as fuck. It's funky and sexy and fun, and it's just, I love it. It It makes you shake your booty. That's all you want, right? Just That's all you need. Um, Great, so those are 10. FX B-sides to get you on your journey because obviously you're going to download all of these title tracks that were so great and now you have 10 more. So you Mm -hmm. have a perfect FX starter playlist. Look at you. Yeah, but also just know that all of FX's albums are great and that there are gems in every one of them. So if you love to hunt for B-sides, get digging. FX is ripe with them. Yes, thank you. (laughs) I was trying to think of something that was something that I couldn't... Um, great. Well, with that, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back to watch Rum Bum Bum. All right, we are back. And as promised, we are going to watch a music video together. And the second most popular FX music video is Rum Bum Bum or First Wisdom Tooth, as I told you earlier. (laughs) So we're going to see the only thing I ever think about this music video is the thumbnail where crystal has that giant plaid like giant plaid beret there's like plaid yeah. loops in this and that's all i remember about it is the like very yeah and plaid we, plaid we loops. didn't really talk about it throughout the timeline but i feel like one very iconic and important piece of fx's aesthetics is that they do a lot of headwear a lot of hats <laughs> a lot of headbands a lot of ribbons and crystal in particular has tons of dramatic berets and like mm. those kicky little hats that sit on at an angle and different parts of your head to She's go over her plain brown one. hair except in this one doesn't she isn't she the oh, one with that shock of this, red yes yeah 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 so this must have been the first time that she ever died had a hair color a different hair color well, here we go. Are we ready? Yeah, everybody, cue yours up. I'm going to say three, two, one, go, and press play when I say go. Three, two, one, go. All right, we immediately right. start out. Look at that angular box. It's yeah, a box video. Box. See, look at that hat. And these incredibly very, very different <gasps> looks. Okay, black oh, hair yes. Luna. Luna. She rarely has such dark black hair. I oh love my that God, little... Sully. Yes, this that, chop on Sully. Oh, the little half pony in the like blue outfit is fucking adorable. It's so cute. 
I wrote it down earlier, but I was going to wait till the song was on. But the vocal layering in this song is just excellent. Yes. It is this very little good. little round part is so good. And like, there's little like dual harmonies in every verse. And it's just nice. Yeah, these <laughs> plaid looks, Victoria's headband is crazy. She looks like she's getting ready to go like skiing in the Alps. Yeah, is this some kind of Scottish cultural appropriation that <laughs> someone should be offended by? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh my god, jewel eyebrows. Oh yeah. Look at that tie-dye dress. Uh, In a mini, of course. They always put her in the shortest skirts. Listen to that guitar. Shit. Too money. <laughs> Sully's plastic skirt. I was about to say that clear plastic <laughs> skirt. Oh my god, these cameras were so hip at this time. This like oh, spin yeah. around to 360. The <laughs> See Look at how but hard they're choreo. dancing. Yes, but this is and they always choreo. do an upskirt angle on it, and it's literally a squat of like a wide leg like jump down. Ugh, oh, oh, Victoria and your <laughs> fucking rubber spine. Crystal's hair is so bright; it's almost like fuchsia. And they, the contacts they have her in are like the exact same green of the plaid. It's really wild. Yeah. <laughs> the whole outfit really matches. The hair, eyes, everything. Mm-hmm. I love their footwork. They have very boy footwork, I think. Yes, I feel like that's what makes them girl shiny is that they mm-hmm. do the same choreo. Yeah, they do a lot of the little like shuffles and the like little like heel toe moves that you have to be very smooth for. Yes. Yay. Adorable. Okay, so those, I was wondering when I was looking at the stages earlier, I was like, is there a schoolgirl concept in this music video? Like, why are there so many stages where they're giving us these shitty ass schoolgirl costumes? And those plaid outfits are not an excuse for those cheap, off the rack Halloween costumes. Yeah. I'm very disappointed that we never even saw those plaid looks or any of the out, like literally just make them wear the outfits from the music video. I think what there is doing? one, I think there's one stage in the plaid, in the plaid things because. But there's like four different hair. outfits in that. But there were cuter outfits in that video than there are on the stages for yeah, sure. Yeah, all the mismatchy ones. FX never even did matchy matchy stuff. And then those stages, they were like all wearing the same thing. Yes. I'm really the only difference in that shitty uniform one that's in the playlist is Amber has shorts on, but they're all mm-hmm. wearing that same awful short sleeve button down. Yeah. And like some of them are wearing ties and some of them aren't, but otherwise they're all wearing the same thing. And that's not FX's vibe. SM. Boo. <laughs> boo. I say boo, boo to them. <laughs> um, but I don't say boo to FX. And Never. 
on their legend that they have left the imprint that they have left on the k-pop world like again i will forever be sad because i think that they like could have been huge if if Mm sm let them be huge but the contributions that they made to the k-pop history to the lexicon are like not to be not to be dismissed and they will not be forgotten because we will be here to make sure that everyone remembers the legends, the icons, FX. Here, here. So I hope that you enjoyed this deep dive into their career and you have new songs to listen to. And if you've never listened to FX, that you will now. Or if you've, you know, put the group away because of the pain that at least this like that you got to have a nostalgia trip with us. That's all I can hope for. Um, all right. It is recommendation time. Uh, wow. Recommendation time. Why does it sneak up on me every week? It like sure snuck up on me too. I was just going to say, shit, let's just pull some Patreon. Let's get the Patreon friends in here because, um, yeah. So let's throw to a Patreon recommendation. And this next one comes from our longtime listener and good pal, Harley. And Harley wrote, lately I've been getting into GWSN or Girls in the Park. They are so underrated, but they have incredible discography, like seriously, no skips. A B-side off their recent mini, The Keys, and the song called The Aerialist, colon, Wonder Boy. So those are Harley's recommendations. GWSN, The Keys, or no, that's the name of the mini. The Aerialist is the song that Harley would like you to check out. And what a perfect, like, a perfect recommendation for a sh- for an episode that was about another underrated girl group. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Um, so if you would like to send in a recommendation, you can do that if you join our seasoned fans tier on Patreon. Patreon.com slash pod. We have a couple of tiers three dollars will get you bonus video content most of the episodes are video there's a few audio but it's mostly video and if you pay seven dollars a month you get to do fun things like give us recommendations or participate in song battles so you can sign up at patreon.com slash pod if you'd like to do that um otherwise we can be found at AMA K-pop pod on all of the things. There's a link tree in our social media bios that will take you to our discord where you can find all of our friends, Spotify playlists. There will probably be one for this episode for the, yes. for the title tracks and for the B sides. Absolutely. And we have a, a phone number one, eight, one AMA K-pop five. If you want to leave us a voicemail. We have a P.O. Box if you want to send us a letter. P.O. Box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026. Um, yeah, I think those are all of the places. Oh, YouTube, ask me about K-pop the podcast. Um, yeah, those are our places. If you are here because you saw us at KCON, uh, K-Connect countdown last weekend, welcome. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week with I don't know what but it'll be something (laughs) because we're always here so until then goodbye (laughs) bye bye go listen to FX do yourself a favor
Jonghyun. You're our inspiration. <laughs>